Bills make me wanna shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast, here for the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. Well, when we last spoke, the year was 2016, and Rex Ryan was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Now it's 2017, and we got It's a, a new day! And we got a pissed-off little Irish guy coaching our team. I'm Lars. The entire Chicago crew with us tonight. The lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. Happy New Year, all. And the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit, is also here. I barely showered today. Rex out. Sean McDermott in. You. Plenty to talk about. A year to go through. Later on, we'll hear from Buffalo Bill Belcher. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Bills and Beers. That's the best way to find us on Twitter, too. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. Gang, let's not waste any more time and throw some dirt on the 2016 season. Well, where to begin on the 2016 season? We fired the offensive coordinator in, in week two. We posted the number 10 offense in terms of total yards, and I believe the number nine offense in terms of total points on the season after he was dismissed. We aren't sure what's going to happen at quarterback. We missed the playoffs for the 16th straight year. Or is it 17? 17. I think we're now at 17. And we put forth one of the worst displays of professional football one could possibly imagine in week 17 in the Meadowlands, but it wasn't all negative. (laughs) (laughs) Suge, we'll start with you. Looking back on the tumultuous season that was, who was your 2016 the Bat Blue MVP of the season, not named LaShawn McCoy because he's obviously the choice. He was obviously the best player, and it wasn't even close. I am going to say that my choice this year is a little bit looking forward, uh, and I want this next season to be a pleasant surprise. Just something pops in there, and someone, a coach, whatever, it's just better than I thought he would be. So I'm going to go with a person who was just better than I thought he would be, and in fact, a pro bowler in Lorenzo Alexander. Wow. Okay. I like that. So I'm going to say that, you know, I expected nothing from him, which is kind of what I expect from this new coach. Um, (laughs) You know, just because I don't know anything. I mean, I know about him, but like, God, we've been through so many different, we've been through every every version of a coach. Um, And so there's no one that can tell you that this is going to or not going to work out, but Hopefully, if he follows the path of Lorenzo Alexander of the Lorax, then he will actually pleasantly surprise us and bring us to where we want to be. And fun fact, he's actually younger. Our new head coach is actually younger than Lorenzo Alexander. So we got that going for us. That's not true at all. Cass, coming to you now. Ups and downs of the season. Players injured. Quarterbacks leaving giant question marks. Defenses underperforming, to say the least. 2016, who was your Labatt Blue MVP of the season? So this is kind of odd for me because I'm going to go with the person who replaced my favorite player. Wow. Oh, interesting. Which is oh, nice. Ryan Groy, right? Okay. Like, you know, Eric Wood goes out. We have an all-pro center. 
Uh-huh. Oh, come on, okay. he has been. Don't get me wrong, Richie Incognito is definitely a, a very close silver medal, or, or maybe they go as a tandem. But uh, Ryan Groy stepped in, filled some big shoes, helped run the offense, helped the running game keep going. I, I thought it was going to be abysmal after that, and uh, it wasn't. So I think Ryan Groy had, had a great 2016 season stepping into some big shoes. I'm going to go ahead and take the obvious here. And uh, technically, this is the beginning, I believe, of season nine of Bills and Beers, maybe season eight. Season eight, I think. And I take this guy for just about everything, so it applies here as well. I'm going with Kyle Williams, the old standby. And here's hoping that the switch back to the 4-3 when he's uh, next to Marcel Darius and Adolphus Washington, that he can give us one, maybe two more good years. But he's just he changed the whole scope of the game, and he's in the lineup. The defense went from being very suspect to somewhat remotely good whenever he was in the lineup and he's just solid as a rock steady Kyle Williams can't go wrong so I agree with Cassie I don't agree with you not because I think that Kyle Williams isn't amazing but just I'm just so disappointed I mean I want to just talk a little bit about our offense for our versus our defense and maybe this will be a nice transition into the Jenny Cremail bummer of this season. I, I will say, right before you get into this, I have, I stick by what many consider a completely indefensible position as far as this yeah. offense goes, and I will be happy to elaborate here. But, I have been go on. I have been converted because I I was right there with you, sitting there having those discussions about the fact that well, when the offense goes three and out five times in a row, you can't expect that defense to hold it together. Right. But then I looked at. What is the percentage of third down conversions that we get? And we, as our offense, were 12th to 13th in the league. What are the number of average plays that we get per drive? And we were exactly the same thing, 12th to 13th in the league. Okay. <coughs> Still not changed my so, mind. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that we're using that excuse of the offense can't sustain drives and their drives are too short. They have too many three and outs. If that's the case, one, we should be near the bottom of the league. But it turns out we're smack dab, if not on the upper half, the bottom of the upper half of the league. And so I don't know that you can then, when you combine that with the number one rushing offense of the league, yep. I don't know that you can then say it's the offense's fault that the defense is bad. I, I, don't, think, I that, don't think that was ever the argument. Well, I think that we did very often say that the reason that the defense is doing so bad is because they can't get off the field because the offense goes three and out five times in a row. But... The fact is that the offense went out three and three and out as off as frequently as the average offense does. In okay. fact, they were a little bit better than average with that. Okay. And so, I mean, I, I've come to that, and then I sit there and watch Houston win a playoff game with that atrocious piece of crap quarterback. Um, oh well, yeah, and, but against another atrocious piece of crap quarterback. Yes, and against the defense, but they made it to the playoffs. I didn't know was. it was a bad, but I mean, the the point is, is that wait, who made it? Can, the Raiders, Houston, yeah. Houston. Raiders, Raiders weren't bad. No, well, no, 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 they, no, yeah, but as soon no, as they, but they were Derek playing part of the lineup, yeah. they were right. So I mean, I guess, I guess, you don't need a perfect quarterback to win in this league. And mm-hmm. what I've come back to realize is that, you know what, Tyrod's not great. He's probably, I mean, he'll get better over time. Once the games does slow down for him, which every quarterback says takes five or six years, 
he will get <coughs> better, but he might not be an Aaron Rodgers type. But I think he's going to be an Alex Smith type. I think that he will be good enough to get by. And okay, with, but, with the number one rushing offense on. in the league, our defense should have been able to get okay, us Okay, but all right, okay. Now you've gone too far. <laughs> Alex Smith ain't shit. The Kansas City Chiefs ain't shit. And that was obvious when a team that should have, I mean, the Steelers should have throttled them a couple days ago. The Steelers had to settle for six field goals. That's six scoring drives, okay? The Chiefs, as they, what do they do? They go on these runs in the regular season. They win all these games. They get to the playoffs to get their asses handed to them. Why? Because they have a quarterback that can't win games. We have a quarterback that can't win games. Our offense is not good enough. And I hear everything you're saying, but let me just, just one thing. One thing that I know you can't dispute. Great, our offense did all of those things. What happens to the offense when you take out Shady McCoy? You remove him from the equation, and all of that goes away. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, I, I'm not the saying... Whole, the whole thing falls the whole apart. Thing, no, but that, that's the, the offense is predicated around the fact that we have a world-class running game, not a you know not an average running game. Is it a world-class running game, or is it a world-class running back? Because I'm, I'm not sure. If a world-class running game, to me, would imply that you can plug and play, and you can put Mike well, Gillis yeah, 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 well, touch on Mike average... More yards per carry than than LaShawn McCoy, you know. And yeah, so but look at the games where touchdown Mike was a feature back. It was a whole different story. It wasn't a bad occurrence. You looked at the Miami game where they didn't play him at all, and we got our asses handed to us. The next game, he played the entire game, and he actually had a really good game. Yeah, I can't remember who he played after Miami, but Seattle. Yeah, and he had he had or no he, Patriots. Uh, yeah, that game was. Uh, no, I mean he had a good game, but that's because we were playing. Joe yeah, Schmo yeah. as quarterback, but no, it was the first Patriots. It was the second the Patriots, Patriots game. game where we got blown out yeah. in Buffalo. We got destroyed. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, after the second first Miami game. Yeah, it was the first was the second Patriots game oh. that Shady missed because remember, everybody in New England kept saying, "Well, this first game didn't count because Tom Brady didn't play." So it was like, okay, well, in this game, Sammy Watkins didn't play. Okay, sure. Marcel Darius didn't play. Shady McCoy didn't play. Well, if, if I remember correctly, the games that M- Mike Gillsley started and did the whole game, he actually didn't play badly. You don't um, remember correctly. All right, I'll go back and look. Yeah. Um, just think of Week 17 against the Jets last year. Remember, he had like 19 carries for 27 yards. Okay, I love Mike Gillsley. Mike you're, you're saying he's not a featured back. No. Mike Gillsley is a great number two back behind Shady McCoy. And all I'm saying about this offense is – Offenses in the NFL go the way of their quarterback. Okay, ours went the way of the running back. When you have the when you go up against better competition, and when you go up against high-powered offense that will score points regardless of how good your defense is, you need a quarterback to win you games. We didn't have that entire rod, and as the quarterback goes in the NFL, so do the offenses. So I, I have a question because Mike and Mike actually spoke about that, the same thing this morning about how you you really need a, a good quarterback to make any run. Yeah. In the NFL. That's, which is why I say the Chiefs, get out of here with that crap. The Chiefs won because of special teams and defensive touchdowns consistently through the season. That's not sustainable, and Alex Smith is not a quarterback that's going to get you past the divisional round of the playoffs ever. Yeah, and, and you know that be out of the, what, 16 out of the last 17 seasons, the AFC has been won by Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, or Peyton Manning. So yeah. my question is, are you guys in – Mike Gillisley averaged seven yards a carry in that Patriots game. Twelve carries for seventy-eight yards. So, I'm just saying. Did he have a long run in garbage time? If memory serves, he had one twenty-eight yard run. That was his long. Okay. So my question is, Tyrod Taylor, 
is not going to be the quarterback to take us to the Super Bowl, but he could be the quarterback to take us at least to the playoffs. Knowing that we have a 17-year drought of going to the playoffs, are we all in on Tyrod to at least get us to the playoffs, knowing that once we get to the playoffs, we'll probably shit the bed? I I honestly don't know if I'm prepared to answer that question. I would rather we have a quarterback of the future who's going to get us through the playoffs because I feel like at this point, settling for the playoffs is like settling for the door prize and... It, yeah, it's but, just kind of a sad thing. It's like, like, but 2017 is not going to be the quarterback of the future for the Buffalo Bills. You know that. There's, there's no one out there. I don't know. I, I, I am. Don't want Romo. I think, don't want I Cutler. I think that is most likely. But you never know. Look at Dak Prescott. This. I mean, it's, everybody's going to point to him now for the next five years, even though we all know goddamn well that he was an anomaly. Correct. Correct. But my point is, are we at least happy to make the playoffs, knowing that we will be a Brock Osweiler or a Alex, Alex Smith version in the playoffs. I, I think so, and and he, let me explain why. This is the one thing that he has that Alex Smith does not have is some incredible running ability and an ability to make plays with his legs. He also has a and he has dynamite an inter- running back and a dynamite yeah, yeah, wide yeah, receiver. Yeah. Now they have right, which Kelsey. if anything should make it harder for a quarterback to run. No, right. I'm, just, I'm just saying he has more weapons around him than Alex Smith does. In oh, Kansas yeah, City. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I will say in this last game before he got benched against the Jets, you know, he finally got had now two games in a row, three games in a row with Sammy Watkins. He started to get some chemistry. As the year went on, he started to get better chemistry with Charles Clay. And it really does make me wonder where he just started throwing balls up. We were all like, oh, duh, if you just throw the ball up, people will make plays. He dis- does that occasionally with Sammy. He doesn't do it with other receivers, you, and I think it's because it. Cardell Jones. Cardell's just so the best. The best line I just heard before that, before the Jets game was Anthony Lynn saying, "Great thing about Cardell is he's never seen a receiver that ain't wide open." <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I do love that attitude, but I think that, and you know, Sammy Watkins during that during that same stretch had a quote that said. You know, EJ, EJ's going to throw it up there and give us those 50-50 balls that we like. So it's abundantly obvious to me that Sammy Watkins is in Tyrod Taylor and every other quarterback's ear saying, just throw me the damn ball. Let me fight for it. And I think over time, Sammy started to do that, or Tyrod started to do that, and Sammy was making some crazy catches. So what? Wait, so what's, what's, I guess the, what's point, the point here? The yeah. point being that maybe if you actually give Sammy Watkins and Tyrod an entire season together, not eight games, that maybe we'll actually have some type of chemistry, and that they will get better. Uh, I'm, look, not, I'm not saying that he's going to be amazing, but and and I'm it, I'm perfectly okay with Tyra coming back next year. Yeah, and here's the thing. So I agree with Cass in that. Yeah, maybe maybe you guys are all right, and he won't make it past the first round of the playoffs. I think it's a bit of a crapshoot, but who knows? Because you never know who you're going to play. So and you know whether Oakland's whether you're playing Oakland with their you know number one QB down, right? So. So I guess the point is that starting a rookie in his first right. ever NFL start <laughs> it was so bad, um, but I guess the point is is that whatever we'd be paying Tyrod not an exorbitant amount of money if you average it over the years of his contract, no uh, less than Brock Os- Osweiler is making, and everyone in, C- in Houston is saying eat the contract and get another quarterback, right? So we could take him and then do aim for the Dak Prescotts of the world. Right, we could still draft but a bunch this of people. Is, but this is all to say what this, the, the offense meaning, is meaning good meaning that enough? there is no there is nobody that's out there unless you're going to somehow, you know, get Philip Rivers in for a season or two, or maybe even Tony Romo, but actually keep him healthy for a season or two. Uh, there isn't anybody. So while you're paying a rookie to become the quarterback of the future, 
you keep Tyrod around. So other than LaShawn McCoy being the backbone of the offense and Shady McCoy, or excuse me, what did I say? What did I just say? Other than LaShawn McCoy being okay. the backbone, backbone of, the offense. of the offense. And other than Sammy Watkins approaching his prime, what other resources on this team are we wasting by grooming a young quarterback? If it's not Tyrod. Uh, offensive line, incognito, that, okay. that entire That's fair enough. I'm not, I'm not, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't ask that to suggest we weren't. I was yeah. literally just asking. Yeah, I, I, I mean, back to my question. Like, you guys, if, if we make the playoffs next year, are you like, wahoo, we made the playoffs? Or are we like, wah, wah, because we're Houston and we made the play? Like, at some point, there's a realistic approach well, to the playoffs. Like, either sure, you make the playoffs be competitive or you actually just make the playoffs. Well, Houston also made the playoffs by winning a really crummy division. So, yeah, so I know, long, listen, so long as Tom we're Brady, all going to be cheering if yeah, we win the game. So long as Tom Brady playoffs. is healthy, we're not limping into the playoffs. We're. We're either winning the division, which is going to be we have a hell of a team, or like we're one of the six best teams in the AFC, and our record and our performance over the season proves it. Especially so, considering our, our schedule next year against you know teams that were. Uh, just, that's it. That, that I know it's a crapshoot. I know it's a crapshoot. Every year it's like, oh, it's going to be easy next year. And then no, it's not. Or it's, oh, it's going to be impossible next year. And then like four guys get injured in preseason. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, so I think that yes, we will be thrilled to make the playoffs because. You know what? Remember how excited we were when we thought that, hey, you know what? There's actually a chance that we could do this. We could pull it out. Um, you know, and, and that, that, that Ravens game isn't going to be the end of the world. So we're going to feel the same way next year. And we are going to be thrilled when we make the playoffs. And we are going to hope that we're going to play some other, you know, we're going to play the team that, you know, was the weakest division leader. Right? And that we're going to get past that the, first round. The Houston Texans. Right. Or the Indianapolis Colts. Right. Or we're finally going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs the way we should beat the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. After all those times that we kick their ass and then we still lose. Well, we get to play them next year. Cass, yeah. coming to you now. Yeah. Lots of ups, lots of downs. We disqualified LaShawn McCoy from the 2016 Labatt Blue MVP of the year. I think for the sake of obviousness. Obvious, is that the word, obviousness? Works. For Obviety. Obviety. <laughs> uh, we're eliminating Reggie Bush. From this conversation, your 2016 Jenny Cremel bummer of the season. Can I just remark that it's amazing that we exclude Reggie Bush, who's had like, wh who touched the ball what 15 times, and yet he was so terrible that we he's been excluded. He had negative three rushing yards on 12 attempts. Yeah, he no. finished the season. Each one of us cast single-handedly lost the game for us. Well, that's hey, you not know even the, uh, remotely true. You but know, you know that Patriots game where Gillsley had. Reggie Bush, I just happened to notice, had two carries for negative eight yards. <laughs> so all three of us had more rushing yards this season than Reggie Bush. <laughs> just remember that. Jenny Cremel, bummer of the bummer of the season. Season. Uh, a guy I am so excited not to see uh, yeah. in a Bills uniform next year. No more confusion of what cornerbacks being burned because all Ooh. you see is the dreadlocks. Stefan Gilmore. Interesting. See ya. Bye-bye. We wish you best of luck. So, Cass, I have to believe that part part of this is it's not just his performance on the field. That There's there's a little bit behind this in terms of how he conducted himself. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's just a, he's a, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, he's just a very calm, mellow, doesn't seem to show a ton of emotion. Boring. Yeah, yeah, boring. Until it comes to contract time, and then suddenly he gets his voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm just, I, oh, God, I, I should not say what I'm about to say, but uh, 
I kind of want those loudmouth talkers like Richard Sherman esque as a cornerback. Yeah. Yep. I kind of want. I think we said swagger. that during the season. Yep. I know, and I friggin' hate Richard Sherman, but. Yeah. But Richard Sherman, Josh Norman, that's yeah. another guy. Uh, yeah, J- play Jaylen with some Ramsey. attitude. Play with, I mean, yes, you can, you know, the reason that you have a short memory is because you just think you're that awesome. And you're going to say it every time. And you're going to bump that person. You're going to get into a fight. And you're going to play physical. You're not going to accept the fact that you got burnt. You're going to get so mad with you got burnt that the next play you're going to, like, get an interception. You know, you're going to play out of your head. So, yeah, I want some guys. It's not enough to, it's one thing to be, you know, Frank Reich, the Iceman or something, whatever, you know, like as a quarterback. But as a corner, yes, you have to be able to forget the play before you. But you also have to play with some damn passion. Yep. You know, you have to bang a guy at the line. You have to get in his face. You have to talk. You have to get in that uh, wide receiver's uh, brain. You know, you have to do all those things. And you see the great wide receivers and the great cornerbacks do that. And, and you know what I'm excited about? Next year, we're probably not going to call play what they call cover zero. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I heard was termed what the Bills played in the secondary. It was called Cover Zero. Did that come to you from your source? My source. Interesting. Suge, come to you now. If you're not ready, I got one. You got your Jenny Cremel bummer of the season ready to go? Because if you don't, I'm giving mine to Dan Carpenter. Yes, I was hoping. Speaking of Bills who have played their last game in a Bills uniform, it is sad to see him go, though, because um, he does actually do a lot for the community, and he's always at those charitable events. And his wife, you know, his wife threatened to castrate Richard Sherman on Twitter. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna miss that. Miss that. Plus, he's like the only like the local yokel white trash that we yeah. have on the team. Well, he you know? looked like, well, he used to play for the Dolphins, and he looked like he just rolled off a of South yeah, Beach, yeah. put on some board shorts, and shut up <laughs> and started kicking things. But to tell you one thing, we won't be missing. Extra points every game. <laughs> we will be missing the uh, the the phrased uh, Bill Bill Buffalo Bill Belcher phrase coin or coin whatever coined phrase coined phrase. Thank you. Wasn't he the one that says Jesus was a carpenter? Yes, that was Bill's phrase. Wait, that was mine. Oh. What the hell? Do you really want credit I'm for that phrase? Right here. Yes, I used to scream right before he kicked. Jesus was a carpenter. You bastards. Y'all always try to phase me out. Okay. Jenny right. Cremel, bummer of the season. All right. My Jenny Cremel, bummer of the season, is going to have to be. We got some honorable mentions here, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah, if should. you're still thinking. We should run through some honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah, why don't you keep going? Marcel Darius. Jerry Hughes. Big time honorable mention. Um, Sammy Watkins. Can't stay healthy. Can't play. Charles Clay. Maybe not his fault, but I got to give it not, to him. I can't go to it. Uh, Corey Graham. There, I said it, because our, our safeties have been terrible. You guys just took, like, everyone that I was considering. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the, Keep going. The right, the right tackle whose name alludes No, me. not Jordan Mills. Jordan Mills. Yeah. All right. Brandon Spikes. Uh, interesting. Okay. Oh! Doug Whaley. Wow. I'm going with Doug Whaley. Thank wow. you very Whoa. much. I am going with Doug Whaley. Wow. Because this mofro continues to never, ever take credit for failures of the Buffalo Bills organization. He has never once said, you know what? It was my choice. I brought in this head coach. And as an organization, I am the head of that organization. Even if it's a matter of But I don't think any of those things taking were true. The no, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. I think that's the whole point. That he 
Well, he, that's why he looked like a complete ass during that press conference. Well, it's because he we was could do a whole podcast on that press conference. Yeah, I mean, he was sitting there, not taking credit for anything, but also not taking any blame for anything. And so that's why the question is, well, well, what the hell do you do here, Doug? And so that just the way that he completely inappropriate. It was way. complete. It was completely inappropriate. I mean, the Buffalo News has been a complete embarrassment yeah. this entire season. But the point is, is that he's got to do a better job as a GM, as a spokesperson. If he's going to be given the job of spokesperson for this team, and he's going to walk around with those fucking arrogant goddamn sunglasses, acting <laughs> like he's the shit all the time, then he has got to actually play that part. He's got to be a little bit smooth with the way he talks. I mean, my God, if he's that smooth when he's doing contract negotiations, thank God Jim Monos is around. You know, and so, so I mean, Jesus, I mean, it's just you've got to. He's got to do a better job. You know, he's either got to say, "Look, I'm going to throw my ownership under the bus and say, wasn't my pick, but you know, I, I agree that we would work with him." And as time came on, I was very frank to the Pagulas that I didn't think this was the right direction. But of course, as a team, we're going to put up a united front. I mean, this is me freestyling, thinking of a better okay. answer than Doug Whaley Understood. had on, on So I'm going you know? to see your Doug Whaley, and I'm going to raise you as Scott Birchhold. That guy should be out of a fucking job. Okay. Because he, it's his job to prepare Doug Whaley to get in front of a microphone. It's his job to set up the press and set expectations and say what we're talking about, what we're not talking about. It's his job to line up somebody to make sure the organization looks good. That's his job. I agree with you. Doug Whaley. PR on blast. Yeah. So yeah. that is yeah. his okay. job. And we're talking about all the optics and how bad the organization looks. Okay, not going to disagree. Just the fact that we're even having the conversation means they look bad. When you're defending, you're losing. Well, guess what? It's his job to make sure they don't look bad. That, 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 I would agree with that completely. Why does he still have a job? I mean, Why the same reason that Doug Whaley still has a job, right? Why have we not still not, after this many years, been able to put together a team that can but work this together? Goes, this goes back to Doug Marone and is Mario Williams injured? Is he not injured? Like... What the hell's going on? Like, do these guys not get briefed? Do they not know when a microphone's going to be in their face? Why does it? Why is it so difficult for them to take questions from the press? It's the Buffalo News. Yeah, it's for a God's soft sakes. market. Come on, it's the Buffalo market. It's the softest market there has to be in the NFL. Maybe Jacksonville's a little bit softer, but come on. I mean, it's not exactly like these guys have to go up there and do verbal gymnastics every time. They really don't. They really don't. In fact, if I was Scott Burchold, and it's not like I'm not putting my name into head or anything like that. But if I was Scott Birchold, like I would have just said, Doug Whaley, doesn't matter what they ask you. I know you don't want to be here. I know we don't want to do this press conference. We got to do this press conference. And by the way, we should have done one a week ago, rather than putting fucking Anthony Lynn, who I thought did a great job at his press conference. But here's the thing about that too. So even if you're not going to send Doug Whaley out there, you tell the press because it's your job and you're standing there. We can hear you off mic saying who can ask which questions when. You tell them, hey, we're not answering any questions about Rex Ryan. You ask a question about Rex Ryan, we're going to the next guy. He's not here. This is our regular Tuesday press conference. He's here to talk about the New York Jets and nothing else. Go. That's Scott Birchold's job. Yep. So the fact that that press conference spiraled out of control was his fault. He either had to put the person out there to answer the questions or make it damn clear with the, with the press, we're not answering those questions, so don't even bother asking them. And, and, and if they get asked, have some balls to step up or at least be supportive and say, next of question. Lynn and that say, says, and say, uh, say, Coach Lynn, you don't have to answer that. But when he puts Doug Whaley out at a table after a 7-9 season to answer these questions, all Doug Whaley had to repeat over and over again is, we're a team. We make all decisions as a team. And Which is ridiculous because that's all they said all season. Then all of a sudden he decides he wants to go off on his own. I like, don't know what he was thinking or what who told him. I don't know. if Maybe he just got nervous and he went rogue. But anyways, we're, this is extra, like I said, we could do a whole podcast on this. We're, we're forgetting one 
very, very large. And we're talking donuts and whiskey large. Jenny Cremel, bummer of 2016. Cass, I'm looking at you. Cass can, through first-hand sourcing, confirm some of the anonymous reporting that came out of the Buffalo Bills locker room. 2016, Jenny Cremel, bummer of the year. We talked about a bunch. We're crowning one, one and only. It's an extra, extra large crown. Rob Ryan. Take it away, Cass. Yeah, I just heard that overall everybody was pretty disappointed in Rob Ryan, his role with the team, uh, what he did to the defense. Not Rex, though. Pointedly, not Rex Ryan. There seemed to be support for Rex Ryan. But Rob Ryan, they would walk him out to the edge of the plank and shark in alligator-fested water and push him over. And there was no hesitation there. Zero. I mean, it was very much like, don't like Rob. Correct. All right. So, I mean, we should put this in a little bit of context. Uh, Cassie had the pleasure of meeting with a Bills defensive player during the course of this season, uh, during the course of this offseason, let's say, uh, and got us some insider information. Inside information. And that was, that we, that's why we call her Scoop Cassie. Scoop Cassie yeah. Scoop. Mama Cass. You got Mama Cass which, which means Cassie has another big announcement for us, don't you, Mama Cass? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm drinking beer tonight. Yay! <laughs> Fetal alcohol syndrome. I think that's a good note to go out on. Uh, so, hell of a disappointing season. We'll, at some point, we'll get into Sean McDermott. I mean, I don't. There's nothing to say about this guy. We don't have an offensive coordinator yet. As of today, uh, Tuesday, January 17th, we're somehow building an offensive staff. We have an offensive line and a tight ends coach but we don't yet have our offensive coordinator, which leads me to believe they have somebody in mind. They've agreed in principle with somebody who's either still in the playoffs or coming through the college ranks or both. But uh, Chip Kelly, here we go. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the Sean McDermott thing. It's time to, though, put this season to bed. and no Good better, night and good riddance, 2016. No better way to do so than to get Buffalo Bill Belcher on the line. Do you know the bill? Who exemplifies the bill? If you want to know, then just chill. It's time for Bills, Bills, Bills. It's the offseason now, which means we can expand Bills, Bills, Bills to the wide breadth of humanity. Calling in now from Brew City, USA, up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is Buffalo Bill Belcher. Here to give us his Bills, Bills, Bills. Normally, it's the Buffalo Bill who exemplifies what it means to be a Buffalo Bill, according to Buffalo Bill Belcher. But in this case, we're going to... We're going to go ahead and uh, give Billy a little more freedom this time around. Freedom. Oh, I appreciate it. Those handcuffs are off. Man or woman, child, freedom. living or dead, who exemplifies yeah. what it means to be a Buffalo Bill in 2017. I could, there's a lot of directions one, uh, one could take this. And, you know, I mean, I could totally go for the straightforward one. Um, Let, go on. Who, what yes, would that be? Well, as I was as I was preparing for this segment, I was just doing a little bit a little bit of brainstorming, and the first person that came to nine was Bill was Bill Nye, and the science guy. But then I was trying, yeah, Bill Nye, the science guy, and I was trying I was going to try to figure out some because sort of because our organization is like, constantly at odds with creationists. <laughs> we do have a yeah, faith based coach. Exactly, so that's true. We do actually. Which, by the way, so as I was doing like five minutes of research on Bill Nye. Um, 
I highly recommend you following him on Twitter and looking at <laughs> the things that he posts are priceless. He's still around. Oh, yeah. Chicken. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, he's doing well. He's on Big Bang Theory all the uh, time. So I, I do have, my Bill's Bill's Bill is someone that you guys have probably already talked about, and I don't want to say his name in case you guys have not uh, divulged his name, um, and that is uh, Cassie's friend. Oh, yeah, yeah we're, not, we're not, not, we're not, we're not divulging his name. name. We're not even talking. Are we talking about it in general? Yeah, but we're not, we're not doing names, bro. Do not divulge oh, yeah, anything yeah. that you know that he said that we did not already say. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Uh, so, yeah, my, my Bill's Bill's Bill is uh, Cat, well, someone that uh, paid a visit to Cassie. <laughs> Jesus. Bill, we asked you to pick anyone in the entire world, and you picked the one person whose name you can't say? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. He's like, that's how I do it. Fuck here's you. The deal. But here's why. Cassie's here's why, unnamed guys, source is Bill's Bill's Bill. It's all, it's all in the spirit of transparency which I guess actually flies in the face of not being able to name this person. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, bringing, it's bringing trust and integrity back to our organization and our coaching staff, telling it like it is not only to the fans, being, being honest with us, but most importantly, being, on, being honest with these players and holding them accountable. I love, 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 reading about that defensive line coach and how he uh, you know calls out players and like I mean he'll he'll sit Marcel Darius like he's got no problem with that whatsoever like he just barks and barks and barks at players so I love it I absolutely I absolutely love it and I think it's time for uh, for us to become a tough organization like a true bully not just a bunch of talk of, of a bully yeah I mean you bring up a good point because you know we had the disciplinarian that got everybody in line and would sit Marcel Darius, but the players all hated him, right? Talking and then about we Marone. got Marone. Marone. And then we got the players' coach that everybody loves, but the shit was like an asylum, right? Everybody, it was like it was complete, complete chaos, especially when you have someone like Rob Ryan that was screwing up the whole thing. So now Reportedly. we have a person who's a who is focused on details and fundamentals. I can't tell you how excited I was. When I heard someone say, I think that mechanics and fundamentals are key to playing football. Uh, it was so nice to do that because we lost our fundamentals so badly this year. Um, but we have someone that is into that, is into discipline, fundamentals, playing within yourself. But when you hear about any of his former players, they all loved it. Yeah. So we have a guy who's a player's coach but is still a disciplinarian. Let me challenge you on that, though. So the... the um the fundamentals and discipline, I hear you. I completely am with you because we talked about that during the season, how that was lacking. What I'm afraid of, though, is your head coach isn't the guy who should be instilling those fundamentals and all that technique. And what, I, what I'm afraid of is that does this, it, it, I think, would be the true test of Sean McDermott is can he see the forest through the trees? And I'm not just talking about punting on fourth and one inside the 50-yard line and, and things like that that people want to dwell on. Is that is he, is he going to coach the big picture? I mean, let's, let's not make this any harder than it has to be. You win football games when you score more points than your opponent. Let's just leave it at that. And, and honestly, it's my opinion that it's the head coach's job to make sure that that happens. Yeah, okay, that's yeah it's the head coach's job to put up 101 or 100 points and have your 
uh, and have your opponent try and put up 101. Yeah, are you reading the Bills and Beers Twitter feed right now? <laughs> no, I read. Uh, I read that you sent that to uh, Jeremy WGR. I did. He liked it. He and like nine other like people it. liked it. It got two retweets. Did you see this? It was a tweet that we put out. It said, "If I was ahead, if I was coaching anything, my philosophy would be simple: we, we're going to score 100 points and let them figure out how to score 101." I like it. I like it. But yeah, why? I think why that look. Why? Yeah. Why? I mean, so I think that's why he has Leslie Frazier as a defensive coordinator, which was a pretty darn good hire. Yeah. I mean, the guy was not a good head coach. He wasn't a horrible head coach. I mean, there's been worse. He was a good defensive coordinator, but though. he was a damn good Wade defensive Phillips. coordinator. And they work in a similar system. They, you know, or they're of the same tree. They're all from that Jim. I don't know if it's Jim Johnson, Jim Johnson. or is it from uh, Andy Reid? I can't remember. Jim but both. But Andy yes. Reid. Right, right. I just can't remember if Frazier was a direct Johnson person either. <coughs> Point being that maybe he this is what he needs to do to allow him to be a head coach. Much like Rex Ryan was trying to do by bringing in Rob Ryan. Yeah. Said, okay, now I can focus on the entire picture, not just the defense. Um, yeah, but he's he just bring, picked the he's, wrong staff. He's bringing in experience. I mean, the, right. the new tight ends coach we got today was a former offensive coordinator. I mean, we it, it's smart that a first-time first time guy would bring in people around him. But Billy, I like that you think of this guy as being honest and and, and transparent and forthright with the media. And faith I like based. But I like that. Yeah, he's faith based. And I like that he he has a bald head because um, 18 months from now when he's going gray and his hair is all disheveled, we won't we won't know. Uh, because I just I, I, I was wildly underwhelmed by the hire. I don't know who else they would have gone out and gotten. And Suge, you said it earlier. We've just been through this process so many times now that it's like, okay, who's the quarterback going to be? I mean, I, I was like, okay, this sounds exactly like the hire of Greg Williams and Malarkey and Jerron and Gailey and Marone. It doesn't. It's not like the hire of Rex Ryan. I can tell you that. <laughs> but all those other ones, yeah. it kind of seems in line. And you know what? At, at one point, you're going to strike gold, right? You dig enough you holes, think? you're going to strike gold. Yeah, I was really hoping. I mean, the the, Go the, ahead, one, the one thing that you the one thing that you always want you always want to know that like somebody that it, success comes through hard work, right? And and a good quarterback. But um, <laughs> but you but you know you know you know this guy is going to come in and bust his ass and you know what at the end of the day it might it might not be enough but you know the guy is going to come in and you know like do everything he can to like get this organization back on the right track. So, yeah, I mean I think he does not it, have the... At, at the at the very least at the very least we can feel good about that. Um, you know, talk to us in uh, when we're when we're two and eight or something like that, and it's going to be pretty hard to see that picture. But he just um, he just I, strikes I, I me though. I feel pretty good at. He just strikes me as the guy who every time it's third and more than ten, we're going to be running a draw play. Hey, and, with shady, that might be okay. And he's coaching not to lose. Like that's that's just how this. Maybe I don't know. I don't know enough about this guy. I know how coaches think, though, and I know that coaches love him, and, and that's my big concern there. Uh, Bill, I 100% agree with you. And when you go back and listen to the podcast we did a day or two after we hired Rex Ryan, we said the exact opposite, which is it's going to be boom or bust with this guy. We're going to kill some teams, and other teams are going to kill us. And every once in a while, our team's going to come out, and they're going to look totally disorganized because we got a coach that's a little too hit, missing by golly, and that's exactly what we got. What I, what I don't want is the complete inverse of that, 
which is guys in an organization and a team that is so uptight that they don't just play to win. That's all I'm concerned about with this guy. Otherwise, I agree with you 100%. I think the one nice thing is that we don't know anything about what his offensive philosophy yeah. is. You know? We know that he has a, a, a you know a defensive philosophy. I think we have an idea of what that is, but we have no idea what his offensive philosophy is. So he may be a freaking Chan Gailey type when it comes to like his view of what an offense could do because he might be the person that says, man, if an offense was doing this, it would be really hard for me as a defense. Well, that's why and Rex that's brought what in Tyrod. You know, and that's what, what he said during his presser. He said, as a defensive coordinator, I spend a lot of time looking at offense. But it's a different way of looking at offense if you're looking at it from the opposite side. I agree. You know, and so it might be interesting. And a lot of those guys, they try and bring in people like Tyrod, people that are like these crazy playmakers, gadget players that we used to call them. Um, and so I think it's I think it's fine. I think that one thing is that he does not have the luxury that Rex, Rex Ryan had of saying that I've been a head coach, I've had some success, of having that arrogance of saying that look, my way works. He does not have. The luxury he's in, he's in or the arrogance. Prove it mode. He's on. Pro he's in prove it mode. Exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to say in three words rather than my twenty. <laughs> so one question: uh, Do we think he has a uh, Pagula death clause in his contract, where if he dies, we still it out? We, we have to pay him like fifteen years of his salary. Like, well, I think if that was the case, both Pagulas would have to go at the same yeah. time, though, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we do have the luxury of being owned by two people. Two people. Yeah. 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 I mean, they travel together frequently, right? So, I mean, they're husband and wife. They are, they are a team. So, um, Bill, you drinking up there on a weekday? Nope. I got no beer in hand. Are you in Milwaukee right now? You were in Chicago today, weren't you? Yes. Are you coming back? Are Watch. you coming back tomorrow? I uh, will be back tomorrow, yes. Bill, I'm going to assign you a beer because uh, I want to talk about a particular beer that has now been released. Uh, and I was at Bitter Pops, uh, my favorite beer watering hole, um, last night for the release of the Bell's Hop Slam. Ooh. People oh, yeah. of you that are familiar with Bell's Brewery know that uh, this, kind of, this time of year, there is an exceedingly rare beer that is released by, uh, by Bell's Brewery. It is a extreme, extremely like citrusy, smooth very high alcohol, but you really can't taste a drop of that alcohol IPA that's released called Hop Slam from Bell's Brewery. And I was fortunate to be at the, you know, I just saw that, oh, yeah, there's the Hop Slam release party, and I'll be able to buy a six-pack. Great. I'm going to go to it. Um, and the whole idea was that I was going to get nice and loaded before having to go to our association meeting uh, uh, where wise. this crazy woman was running for office. Wait, 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 wait. Well, you're saying yeah. she was crazy? She was real crazy. And she's running for association I know, office? I know. Uh, huh. Taking my own wife's seat, who was forced into the job. Oh. And, uh, and I've, They've tried to force me into that job a couple times. Yeah, she wants nothing no. to do with it. Wait, wait, wait. What happened so to anyways, your wife? What happened, did she have a... Is there, is there a term limit? No, no. She just wanted the house so badly. <laughs> um, so uh, anyways, went there. Turns out that those of you that have not been to Bitter Hops, maybe they have a little bit of swag because... Those were the first drops of Hop Slam that were served in Chicago, period. Woo! So wow. that is the this wow. is the, f the first place that you could get Hop Slam was last night uh, at Same Bitter Pops. Um, and I had maybe the second pint from the keg. Hello. Yeah, it was good times. So, um, damn dude, that was that was about as good as most of my story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you shut up. Okay, listen. So go out there, find them, send them to me, get your cases of Hop Slam, and Bill. Go looking for him. 
Bill, anything else to add for the good of the order? Yeah, guys. Well, I got. I mean, here's the thing: is we may have to switch this next year as well to like Bills and beers, and Bill drinks wine because, like, I think I'm allergic to hops, like legit. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought you were gonna say Bills and beers and babies. Uh oh. <laughs> Bill, anything else uh, you'd like to add? Yeah, there will be. I don't know. Is there? I don't know. Neither of us have added anything along this. This might be our opportunity to do so. Oh. Well, I got a little something else to add. Is there is a uh, there's going to be a new Buffalo Bills fan on the block coming Woo! into June. Yeah, yeah. June June 5th, uh, to be exact. <laughs> so oh, pretty pretty excited about that. Um, going to have to uh, fight off the, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers will be gone by the time uh, the kid uh, – reaches the age of um you know understanding football so at that point the packers will be in the dumps and the bills will be uh on their way to their uh, third straight super bowl do we know if this is the future football player of the buffalo bills or is this going to be potentially a future former jill no shut up she's gonna be a world-class oh, no no we're not gonna owner. nba we're not gonna find you're not gonna find out the sex of the baby Okay, we're not we're not gonna find out, but we are twenty we are twenty weeks right now. So well, this is just you know what cool. this is just making me smile. Okay, and I want to say congratulations to Bill, and I want to say congratulations to the Bills Mafia because you have a new member. That's two new members actually. That's right. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, Whoa! Because two weeks after Bill's new Bills comes along, uh, Lars's new Bills fan <laughs> is coming along too. We're due June 19th, and we are also not going to find out the sex of the child, but I look forward to it <laughs> having a, a lifelong rivalry with Bills. The amazing thing is that Cassie was actually artificially inseminated by both of them. Okay, and she's carrying both babies. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, we don't trust our wives to carry this baby, okay? We need some maternal genes in there, so we need Cassie's womb. We need a Bill's comfortable womb to carry these babies. Plus, we needed a new segment for the show. Yeah, they wanted some <laughs> crazy up in those babies, so that's the reason why. What, what, what would you put in Cassie's womb? should be the new segment. <laughs> Jesus. Lars, do you think we should, be, should we even let our kids hang out? Um, we'll we'll have to do it like uh, when you introduce dogs and you have to like do like the walk by and very uh, <laughs> very deliberate, you know, let them let them understand right away who's boss. Obviously, my question is, which one of you is first going to use a water uh, a spray bottle or sorry a squirt gun to discipline your child? Because I see one of you doing it. I had never even thought about that, but now that you brought it up, never thought like, about that. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Well, Billy, we'll be seeing you this weekend. Uh, have a safe trip to Chicago, and uh, until next time, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Well, that Love. sound can only mean one thing. It's, it's time for Tacos Calientes with Jim and Jeff Day down in Austin, Tejas. It's Tacos Calientes. I want some taquitos. And as always, uh, Tacos Calientes is brought to you by Pocky Chips, maker of the hottest chip on the planet. And Jeff, we got you at least one new customer. Love it. Got to give our shout out to uh, Right Here, Right Now podcast, right? That's right, man. Yeah, and that was the theme to your wedding. So congratulations were in order for Billy and me. Congratulations are in order for you now that you are uh, officially assigned to a better half. Congratulations, my man. 
Thank you very much. We had a lovely time down in Austin, Tejas, and uh, so big ups to our friends over at the, uh, you know, right here, right now podcast who purchased some of those pocket chips and seemed to enjoy them. So but, very but, much appreciate. What I must I must share this with Cassie and Suge real quick before we get into this because it is relevant. So at their wedding, they had you can get your picture taken next to this neon sign that said, "Where would you rather be than right here, right now." In bright pink neon. Yes, yeah, is amazing. I mean, where you did saw you the get pictures. That? Okay, Jeff, I custom. I, yeah, I was saying to everybody, I was like, I was like, well, that's that's custom made, but like, obviously, it's a temporary sign uh, because it's a giant pink neon sign. So there must be a company out there who like bends and rebends neon. So that's pretty cool. Hell no. Or did you gentlemen. buy it? Was it's the- going in Jim and Jeff Day's yeah. living room, everybody. <laughs> you married we, a keeper. She is a keeper. <laughs> Yes, he certainly is. Yeah, that sign is, you know, it's sitting five feet away from you in a box right now. And actually, <laughs> funny enough, we are um, we are uh, trying to figure out a way to put that up in the apartment and <laughs> have that on proud display. I mean, you got to so, that thing is what, like six feet by four feet. I mean, you're going to have to find a rig for that. Yeah, yeah, it's about five feet, I think. It's uh, pretty sizable, but um, now the beauty but, of yeah. this is that neon, right? So like neon signs, like you can turn off all the all lights, the lights, and that thing would illuminate then, the whole apartment, and then just have that little buzz in the background, and y'all can have some nasty, nasty times. Okay, <laughs> you, you you can bring the next Bills fan in the world under the glow of pink neon lights. That's true. That's true. And now, uh, and yeah, now that you're married, you'll be only doing that for a procreation, anyways. So <laughs> yeah, no comment. <laughs> um, no, that's great. Yeah, we uh, we um, we loved the pictures that were taken in front of that sign, and uh, it actually made its way onto the Bills backers of Austin uh, Instagram account as well, I believe. Sure well did, done. which was exciting to see. Yeah. So um, um, enough with the horse shit, Jeff. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Enough with the horse shit that is your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Tacos Calientes, my man. We got a new coach, Sean McDermott. We sure do. Four foot eleven. 211 pounds. Yeah, my tacos calientes, and I'm just going to do one on the, on the coach here, um, was my how the pendulum has swung. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, and, and who who knows, right? You know, we in Bill's Nation, we're, we're going to drink the Kool-Aid, of course. Um, but after watching the 35-minute presser with Sean McDermott, the only re- the, sort of the only reaction anyone could really have was just wow this is the this is the other side of the continuum this is the tick to the tack of what Ryan Rex Ryan was yeah um, and that's not to say that that's neither good nor bad it is just an observation at this point but the um, the way in which Sean McDermott chose his words so carefully. The way in which he used the word meticulous, probably you know half a dozen times. Ooh, it made me hot. Um, made me so hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, just uh, just sort of his overall demeanor and presence and understated um, you know uh, nature to his character. It's certainly um, it's certainly going to be a very different type of season, and uh, you know from uh, and I think you know we watched the I watched the 35 minute press conference and admittedly. It was far less entertaining yeah. than a Rex Ryan press conference. Um, you can't really get a head coach who's much more entertaining than Rex Ryan. We, you know, that was a fun head coach to have. Am, am I um, entertaining? Do you mean a joke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's I mean, was, that's the problem, right? Is that when you get these great 
talkative, funny head coaches. You know, especially in a town like Buffalo, that gets real old real fast if you're not putting it up. It's also an immediate question mark, too. Like, uh, Buffalonians don't really care much for an orator. So, in that sense, he's trending in the right direction. Jeff, I will say, though, I I caught bits and pieces of the press conference, but I got to give you guys some credit here because... After all this, like I'm just kind of numb to it. I, I like I I just want to see what happens. Like I'm I, I find myself not as invested. I want to love the guy, but like you're talking about drinking Kool Aid here, I, I'm just really not like ready to pour myself a glass just yet. But I think it's because he well, didn't put out a glass. He just said I'm gonna do my thing and I'm gonna talk about fundamentals and 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 you know I'm gonna. But it did nothing every, for me. But it doesn't. That's the whole point. You're used to Rex Ryan. The problem is that. The, you're, no, I'm used to Chan Gailey being like, been, oh, this is going to be great. 3-4 defense, spread offense. That sounds awesome. I'm well, used right. To, I'm used to Doug Marone. Oh, hell yeah, culture change. Let's do it, baby. Like, I, like, I'm, There was just no message. No, there, no, there was a message, but like the message just didn't resonate. Like, I, I've, okay. I've been on yeah. board with every message up until now, but because we've been through this so many times, I just feel numb to it. And, and Lars, I, I think that I, I understand what exactly what you're saying, and I think when I – I was actually abroad um, overseas when we hired the coach. And I remember, you know, sort of hearing about the news. And in many cases, I would be like scrambling to do whatever was necessary to read every article and, you know, look at every clip. And and I did have this feeling of and I sort of I remember it being like, oh, you know what? That's cool. We hired a new coach. I'll look like I'll investigate it more thoroughly when I get back. Yeah. And. And that was a little bit of a different feeling. And, and I think you're right. Just, you know, at some point we've been through this, you know, every two years, right. For, for, for most of the last 15 or whatever it is, 20. Yeah. Um, and at this point now, the proof's going to be in the pudding a little bit. We just need to see something happen. I will say one thing. There's one difference. And that's what happened to me as I was listening to the presser. I was driving down Diversity Avenue to my afternoon clinic at Lincoln Park. And listening to whoever the hell that was introducing uh, Sean McDermott, <laughs> it may have actually been Pegula speaking at that point, uh, Pegula. And there, right there, carrying two bags of groceries, looking pretty cold, uh, but also looking really independent and not wanting to do anything else was Marv Levy. Yep. So Marv Levy That's lives correct. in Lincoln Park. He lives uh, right down uh, above Duffy's, I think, uh, roughly, because yeah. we stalk. Um, Ironic. And uh, and and he, you know, I've driven by there so many times, and I've seen him so many times. Just he's on the street. He's doing. He does not look like he wants to be contacted by a random Bills fan. But <laughs> I almost. Oh did oh it. oh! He knows me. He <laughs> knows me. Cassie made contact. <laughs> yeah, and so. I will say that I uh, one of this is fairly attractive Romanian girl that I know that is uh, my <laughs> sister-in-law's friend, and she's like, "Oh, do you know this guy?" And sent me a picture of Marv Levy, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's the greatest human being that's ever lived!" And so she like has pictures of him when, and I'm sure like when a girl that looks like that comes up to Marv Levy, I'm sure he's fine with it. But you know, the crazy like weird person, I'm going to work, but do you want to get into my car and listen to the Bills presser? Because that's what went through my head. I was like, do you think he wants to listen? And like, no, you sick bastard. There's something wrong with you. He does not want to get into your car. 
And so I kept going, and Lars was livid. Lars was like, turn your car around. That is Marv Levy. I was like, he looked really cold carrying groceries. He's like, then you go help him. I'm like, what's wrong? It's like, we are some sick, sick people, okay? Well, you can't just go and try and get people into your car just because they're a great Bills coach, okay? So what I'm saying is, story, what I'm saying, last time I saw Marv Levy right before a Bills thing was, uh, as we were getting ready for a particular game that we won, and it was the Patriots game. And I saw him crossing the street on Clark Avenue right in front of the Einstein brothers, and then we beat the Patriots. So I'm thinking that that is a good omen for this 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 time moving forward. Okay, well, he is the sh- Chicago Bills fan equivalent of Sasquatch. And then I one-up <laughs> you. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Did. yeah, you did. I mean, like, Let literally me two minutes more. later, Cassie's like, oh, I just had a 30-minute interview with, like, a Bills player. I was like, what the hell? Hey, before I leave you guys, let me drop in one last Tacos Calientes, Please. which Suge sort of alluded to in some of his commentary. But, um, you know, because Pagula did introduce our new head coach. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't think and I, have, I have to say, you know, Terry Pagula, for as much as for obviously we love him for keeping the Bills in Buffalo, he is certainly joining the club that is championed by billionaire entrepreneurs and founders, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, as some of the worst public speakers <laughs> we've ever seen. Yeah, he, and, and the thing is, like, he doesn't seem to care. Like, I, I've seen him, like, do interviews. he's in the worth booth. several billion I know, dollars. But, but it's, like, it's almost as if, like, hey, Terry, like, we're trying to fill dead air here. Like, keep talking, please. Like, he just, he's, he seems so, like, he's in complete la-la land. I mean, just like, what are you going to say? He's like, really? I mean, what do you say? Like, but I have a couple billion dollars. Yeah. He can always so he can always respond. I will just use all the time. Like, he literally, you know how, like, when we're, like, putzing around, like, okay, for Christmas, I asked for a drone, okay? I got a drone. It's a $120 drone, and it's, like, this thing that I do not need, and it's just this. He bought a $1.4 billion franchise. Hell yeah, he did. As basically, like, his drone. And then all of Canal Side. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? It makes me feel good about the fact that sometimes I muddle my words on this podcast. I'm like, I still got a chance. I still got hope. Yeah, you're you're more eloquent than uh, than Terry. You know, God love him. Yeah, why don't they put Kim out there? I I don't get it. I mean, she must she must be better. You can only go up from there. She's better. You know what? I don't know if I've ever heard her, her ever heard her talk. To be honest with you. So I, I, I um, wouldn't it be sweet if you heard her talk? She has this really thick Asian accent. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I'm brown too. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. Uh, so uh, Jackie, my wife, almost had a meeting with Kim Pagula. The uh, Pagulas were considering buying the oh, Western New York yeah. women's soccer team. Jackie was really excited about that, but they pulled out last minute. But I'm not allowed to say why. Uh, mm. Jeff, I know you're heading to New. So did she? Uh, uh, no, actually, n- <laughs> neither Bill out. nor I did. Actually, that was the whole point. <laughs> Um, uh, Jeff, I know you're headed to New Zealand soon. I don't know if we'll talk before then. The, the big news still coming is who our offensive coordinator is going to be, and then, of course, by proxy, who the quarterback is going to be, and then who we're going to draft, who we're going to go after in free agents. we got a lot to talk about here in the coming months. But until then, man, always great to hear from you. Congratulations again, and go Bills. Hey, guys, plenty more excitement and news to discuss over the course of the offseason. Until then, and as always, go Bills. Go Bills. All right, buddy. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's time for the wild card portion of today's episode. It's, it's the wild card. And while this is Bills and Beers, we talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. 
I have just finished off a Miller Lite. I'm not overly proud to say. Uh, <laughs> what so were you drinking before that? A gin and tonic. All right. So um, not not a whole lot to add for me. It, it is a Tuesday night. Uh, I just I did just get back from a vacation, so I'm trying to ease my way back into things here. So I um, gave my plug for Hop Slam earlier, uh, but today I'm having the Three Floyds um, Gumball Head, which is a solid beer. Um, it almost has a weedy quality to it. I actually don't know what the official name of you it is. You had that last time It has an here. ale uh, quality to it as well, um, but it is delicious. Anyone that's uh, able to get over to Three Floyds Brewery in Munster, Indiana, yes. I believe. Uh, great brewery tour from what I've heard. Uh, looking forward to doing it myself. And uh, I was enjoying the Boulevard Tank 7, and uh, it was good. It, it says a big surge of fruity aromatics, and the waitress said it was smooth, and I would agree with her. It was very smooth, um, very high in the ABV, 8.5, um, but delicious overall. I, I would totally recommend it. I might be in the lookout for it. So I did mention I just got back from a vacation. I was in San Diego for a couple days. And uh, San Diego, a uh, world's vagina. Uh, he was recruiting Philip Rivers. And the uh, we we kept walking by this place. Uh, Jack said, "We got to go there. Let's go try the place. Let's go there. Let's go for breakfast. Go for breakfast. Let's go there. Let's go. Let's go." So finally, the other day we went there for Again, breakfast. Again, just listen to your wife. And uh, a place called the Pacific Beach Ale House. And we had a nice breakfast. I had an us uh, acai. I can't. I can't. I can't like say the name of this fruit. As, acai. Acai. There we go. An acai bowl. Oh, the acacia. No, okay. I, I know. Acacia. I know. That's the way that we say it. Yeah. Okay? The acacia bowl. And an, an acacia bowl, which are everywhere in Southern California. Quite delicious. We're walking out, and I look above the bar, and there's a bumper sticker that says "You're in Bill's country," and I shouted, "Holy shit!" And I looked at the waitress and said, is this a Buffalo Bills bar? She said, yeah, this is the Bills bar. So by accident, I found the Bills bar. Or did it find or you? Or did it find me? So if you're listening to this podcast and you are in the San Diego area, hell of a place you guys got there being 40 feet from the beach. Uh, must be nice on game day to just stumble out and go look at the ocean. Yeah, it definitely be. makes those pain, those losses less painful when you can just be like, you know, I'm really mad. I'm going to go hang out and spend half time on the beach. So when I heard we were getting a coach named Sean McDermott, of course, the first thing I thought was, oh, Polish Jew. Turns out he's Irish. Cannot wait. St. Patrick's Day has a whole new meaning. And as we alluded to before, he is a kind of a tiny man. He's uh, an angry little leprechaun. If you similar will. in stature to a leprechaun. So one might say that as a leprechaun... I he, want me lucky charms. He has himself a whole bevy of Lucky Charms at the end of his rainbow. So, this week's wild card, if I'm if I'm if I'm interpreting this correctly, Suge, stop me if I'm not. There are a series of Marshmallow Lucky Charms right now in the 2017 editions of the popular delicious. breakfast cereal. And we are going to go through one by one and decide who's who on this Buffalo Bills team as it breaks down to the current lineup of Lucky Charms. So what what and there's been some crazy ass Lucky Charms, okay? Cuz the Lucky Charms people have lost their mind introducing crazy shit like dildos. I mean, sorry, uh, like other things in there that don't fit. So I'm going to restrict you guys to the proper Lucky Charms so what, marshmallows. What, what's, what's so those will include the original marshmallows oh, which the original pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, and green clovers. But I will allow the addition of the purple horseshoes, the blue diamond, 
and the red balloon. Well, let's start can, with the easy can, one. Can I add one more? Because apparently there was a an hourglass um, one that was meant to uh, be the power to control time. And that one I would specifically give to Lars for him not losing his shit next year when we spend unneeded uh, timeouts in the second Don't half. Don't blow a second half timeout on the first drive. Yeah, I, I love it. I, look, I don't, look, I, look, I don't look, often look, lose my shit look, anymore. Look, but that's I don't approve that marshmallow, but I'll give that one to Lars. Uh, I'm going to take the easy one here, the pink heart. I've already used Kyle Williams once in this episode, but uh, I'm going to give it to him again. He is still the heart and soul of this team. You cannot convince me otherwise. So the lucky charm of the pink heart goes to you, my man, Kyle Williams. Are, are we doing rainbows? or is that Yeah, we got rainbows in rainbows and red. Okay, so who's the rainbow? Who's the colorful member of this team? Who is who is the elusive who is the elusive colorful? I hope we draft somebody who's got some personality, man. I feel like we're getting kind of dull. I don't know if we do have a good personality. That's a great point. I don't know. Maybe Reggie Raglan comes out in the middle of nowhere, and because we're all right now racking our brains trying to think of somebody who's yeah. Got, who's my booby? Who's my booby? Even like Stevie Johnson, we don't have the equivalent. No. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Whatever. We don't need to be entertained. We'll just get wins. Just win, baby. So I'm actually going to take the Ooh, how about horseshoes. This? Oh, we'll go. We'll go with the uh, the uh, rainbow for now. Is Marquise Goodwin, since it is so elusive, yeah, it's so flashy, and it, it only appears when the <laughs> when the situation is just right. And oh, even that, I it like can go that. There you fast. go. You, I mean, it wasn't there. I wasn't getting it. But then when you got the the situation is just right, and we're all waiting for that yeah. fucking pot of gold, At, yeah, and it never comes. Atmospheric you never conditions find that have to be perfect. To you keep a- following that goddamn rainbow for years and years and years. You never find that damn pot of gold. Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> I am going to go with the purple horseshoe as being the rock, the stable, the thing that makes our horse move, and that is LaShawn McCoy. He's our horseshoe. He is the rock that this house is built upon it's not even close and, and you know what uh, i'm gonna take over and i'm gonna go with the clovers because yes. you know what's a lucky clover is a four leaf clover and you know what we're going to a four three and i'm okay. gonna take the defensive lineup to be that lucky clover wow i like it our four leaf clover that could be actually the new nickname yeah it's the only thing that we're actually missing right now i think is yeah, I mean, you got the orange stars. Who cares about the orange stars? <laughs> but the moon. The blue diamonds. I want to know about the blue diamonds. Who is our diamond in the rough? Ooh, that's great. It could be like Colby Listenby. Ooh, it could be Listenby. He could be our yes, diamond he, in the maybe yeah. he is the replacement to our rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like Kayvon Seymour maybe it'll, comes, it'll comes out Kevon there. Zimar. Yeah, Kevon now that he's going to be playing a lot more zone. Yep, yep. yep. Um, could be Justin Hunter. Hey. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. we was a little bit of a, you know, every year Whaley seems to pull these. It could be Mike Gilsley. All right. Well, and so hey, we, hey, 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 let's all fucking hope it's Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Uh, but go the, along with his diamond grills that the, he denies. The other everybody. thing is that so that's kind of like your Labatt, unexpected Labatt Blue MVP. Let's pick a red balloon, like that thing that's just going to rise up and then pop. So who's going to be our biggest disappointment? Shaq Lawson. Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jerry Hughes is going to continue to just. How could you be disappointed with him anymore? You have zero expectations for him at this yes, point. Yes, I know, but he's going to continue to just piss me off. Okay. It's going to be Reggie Ragland, unfortunately. I think he's a great player. Then he's just 
going to just not fit in the new system. Watkins gets injured again. Oh, yeah. You know what? There you go. I like that. That is our orange star from Clemson. (laughs) Oh, damn it. (laughs) Well, on that note, um, speaking of Clemson, uh, Rex has since tricked out the Bills truck to be a Clemson truck. Good for him. And thank you, Rex Ryan, for everything you did for the Buffalo community. I know you had your enemies, but uh, you did actually represent the city well. You put us back on the map. You were a lousy coach, and bringing in your brother was a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Well, and that's where you failed, Rex. I actually think that you got a a little bit of a raw deal, but you didn't manage well, which has always been the problem that you've had. You just don't manage well. But you are all in on us, and we can't fault you for that. This has been a fun episode. Hey, we've hated coaches that got jettisoned a lot more than we hate you, okay? You're pretty much the most liked ex-coach that we've ever had. And and you had, uh, after the last one, quit on us. Like, it was, you had pretty pretty small shoes to fill. Uh, We'll probably be back sometime around the draft. It's not in Chicago this year, so we can't do anything special, but we'll be back. Which is good, because it was fucking cold last time. Miserable. We'll be back in the offseason at some point, but until then, uh, on behalf of the soon-to-be daddy, Buffalo Bill Belcher, Brew City USA, Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Tejas, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton, the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit. I'm Lars. Go Bills. Go Bills. 2017. The Bills make me wanna shout.